and welcome to episode eight of the SBK Saturday Selections. Off the back of another uh, winning week, I didn't really participate in that, but we'll be over to my partner uh, who did participate in a few moments at time. My name's Luke Elder and the, the guy who did put up winners last week is Tom Collins. Tom, well done for carrying the team. Yeah, cheers, Luke. Uh, look, you didn't do too badly yourself. We both had the winner of the poker stakes over in America, which we're going to come to shortly. Your UK selection got chinned right on the wire. I thought Kim and Grace was going to win that race. Um, unfortunately, the line just came at the wrong time. Fortunately, Party Island got the job done on the all-weather. So we've got two out of three, very close to getting that treble up for the Saturday Night Selections viewers. Hopefully this week we will go 100%. Yeah, I hadn't watched Kim and Grace live because I was traveling to, to a, another place of work and I watched um, your selection when I got there. Then you text saying, oh, Kim and Grace are the one as well. I was like, oh, I need to watch this. And this was just after Party Island got the nod in the photo and Kim and Grace went exactly the other way and we just lost it. Was in front before and after, not on. Swings and roundabouts, isn't it, in the racing game? Sometimes you win photos, sometimes you don't. Um, I mean, depends what normally your run, based on what we've seen in recent weeks with the UK selections, you'd be winning that photo, but it just changed last week for Kim and Grace. Look how happy you are that you're one one of mine. <laughs> I am pretty ecstatic after a terrible Royal Ascot, I have to say. <laughs> oh, like, right. We'll, we'll quickly touch on Royal Ascot. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good from a personal perspective, although albeit I somehow escaped alive. But from a US perspective, it was pretty bad. I do think Campanella and Love Reigns ran very well. Um, so we should say that Wesley Ward did have two horses that performed on their merits, and Irad gave both of them, in my opinion, a decent ride. Winless, though. Um, that's not what Wesley Ward would have wanted. Grand Motion Spenderella ran very well in the Coronation Stakes. I don't think it's going to put the US challenges off next year. Hopefully we get another barrage of stateside challenges coming across. Wesley Ward, Graham Motion, Christoph Clement. Hopefully Chad Brown will one day send the horse across because he's the perfect trainer for turf races. But it was winless for the US and uh, probably not as, uh, as spectacular for us either. No, no, not quite as spectacular. Our, our bold prediction, albeit these were the ones we didn't exactly fancy per se, but there were three and four winners. But we, we kind of expected one at most, but everything went wrong. Uh, one thing I will say, I, I hope in the future this does lean towards American trainers using European riders at um, Royal Ascot, just because I, I, I really, I think I said this in the, the Ascot uh, video as well, I, I really don't think that the American style of riding suits European racing at full stop. And obviously that the best placed American horse was ridden by William Buick in Spenderella. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen over in the US that the fact that European riders can go over there and dominate, not only just at the Breeders' Cup or, you know, when Charlie Appleby sends a horse stateside and Spencer rides or William Buick makes the trip. Also, the likes of Flavian Pratt, Florent Giroux, Julian Lepereux, all formerly um, ridden in France, and they've gone over to the US and dominated. So we've seen it, kind of the, the European style of jockey ship has been successful both over here, very successful over here, and over in the US. Hopefully, Wesley does use a, a European jockey. I don't know who it will be, given that the fallout with Frankie Dettori this week and what's going on with him. But uh, I imagine he'll be leaning that way rather than sticking with the likes of Irad. Yeah, well, there were rumours that both him and Wesley Ward have fallen out as well. Um, whether there's any substance to that, I don't know. But at the moment, in the news for for the, the wrong reasons. But we'll, we'll talk about the the right sort of things with the poker stakes last week. Um, I don't want to pat too hard on our backs because Mason was what one to four uh, on the <laughs> off. Uh, the, the morning line prices that we said last week were horrifically wrong, but Mason still had to get the job done and had the perfect setup. And, and that was that he'll go on to bigger and better things now. Yeah, he was six to five on the morning line. As I say, the normal morning line maker was on vacation last week. So we weren't going to expect necessarily an accurate price. 
we suggested around four to six, four to seven, and that's the price four to six that he opened over here. And anyone that took that very well done, you got the value. We sent off one to four or two to nine, um, just dominated the race from the outset. He didn't go all to plan. They went slow early. He broke well and raced keenly up front. He would have uh, preferred a faster gallop from the outset. And Flavin Pratt actually had to really rein him back off heels at the start um, to make sure he'd get into a rhythm. But he was always in the perfect position, just on the shoulder of the leader, Wolfie's Diner Ghost. Kick clear. It turned into a sprint late on, hence why the, the front four were only separated by just over a length. But he won with authority. He was the best horse in the race. And as you've touched on, he'll definitely go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I, I touched on the whole on the race as a whole, but I don't think there's that much to really take forward out of it. But Mason, it was just a case of this was an anomaly of a, a horse that was probably too good for the grade, running in this, trying to get a bit of a confidence booster. And now he'll go on to probably grade one territory again. Yeah, I think he's a grade one horse. So as I just said, he'll be seen to better effect when there's a faster gallop. And naturally that will come when he tackles bigger fields. Obviously only the five runners in the poker stakes. I do think Chad Brown's other runner, public sector, ran an okay race. He was in the worst position early on. Tactically, you don't want to be nearly last when they're going to dawdle. Um, and the fact the pace held up, likes the Wolfie's Dynagost, as I say, who led, finished second. And he just was outclassed supposedly in this field. Just shows that public sector was in a poor position. He did really well, actually, to challenge for second at the wire. I imagine he'll go on to, to graded stakes and potentially contest a finish. He's not as good as Mason, and there's no doubt about that. But I thought he ran well in his own right. Yeah, I'd agree with, with that. He'd be the only other one you can take out of the race, albeit we, we kind of alluded to that before. But uh, the result of those in behind doesn't really reflect their abilities, uh, per se, we'll, we'll say. But uh, Mason was very good. We'll potentially, hopefully, see him at Keeneland at the end of the year in the Breeders' Cup. He, he wouldn't be a front runner in the um, in the in the mile, but he could be a runner at the at the very least. So that was a, a quick look back on the poker stakes of uh, last week, which went very well. Uh, we're hoping for more of the same uh, this week as we got the Mother Goose stakes over again at uh, Belmont. It's pretty much where we're focusing at the at the moment on Saturday night uh, selections. Uh, we've got five horses going to post to so another smaller field, and we'll do our runner by runner analysis. And uh, I will kick off with uh, the one horse that is Shahama at uh, Flavian Pratt. Won our big race last week. He'll be on board at Shahama as well. A horse who obviously we, we know had some very good form over in Dubai, and that came over to Churchill Downs to run on the Kentucky Oaks, and uh, was kind of a I'm not really sure what you're capable of a horse because made and form doesn't always travel elsewhere. Uh, ran a really good race to finish sixth though. That doesn't quite tell the whole story was completely hampered by uh, Venti Valentine uh, when uh, turning for home was cost about two or three lengths or so. And importantly at that time of the race, uh, a lot of momentum uh, ran on to finish sixth. Though. I thought that was a very creditable effort. And I think he's one of the more fancied runners in the morning line, Tom, but I, I think is definitely one of the more fancied runners in the actual race itself. Yeah, she's definitely a player. Um, number two, Venti Valentine, the aforementioned Venti Valentine. She's going to be five to one on the morning line. Probably go off a little bit bigger. She's the sole New York bred tackling open company. Um, New York breds notoriously aren't as talented as the likes of, you know, horses that are bred in Kentucky, et cetera. She's three from six in her career, but perhaps her best performance came when she finished second in the grade two demoiselle last year. The horse that beat her on that occasion, Nest. Nest has subsequently finished runner up in the Belmont Stakes. There's obviously a very talented filly just to match with the boys. Just not good enough for our favourite Mo Donegal that day. Jorge Abreu is an interesting trainer. He targets his horses well. Um, I like this spot for Venti Valentine, but I think she might struggle, as she did last time out in the Kentucky Oaks, as you mentioned. She did get checked herself, so you can put a line through the actual performance that day, but she wasn't good enough no matter what. I don't think she'll be good enough here either. 
Yeah, I'd like to say that is eight straight weeks now with a Mo Donegal mention, which <laughs> we're doing well. We're doing well on that. Uh, the third horse in the race is Midnight Stroll, who comes from a race that myself and Tom hate in the Black Eyed season because we were both with Miss Yearwood, which things didn't really go uh, correctly. Things didn't go terribly for Midnight Stroll that day, though. What had to be rushed up on the outside as they sort of came out the back straight, turned for home. That wasn't exactly ideal, but... You'd rather have done that than been right towards the back of the field like the horses like, like Miss Yearwood were. There wasn't really any uh, sort of late rally from uh, Midnight Stroll. So I, I do think it's more of a back number in this race. And also importantly, it's bringing Tampa Bay form to uh, New York. That's never form I'd really want to take elsewhere, even to Gulfstream just down, well, I say just down the road, the other side of the state, but within the same state. So uh, Midnight Stroll's a back number for me. Yeah, number four, Gerrymander has a better chance, in my opinion, than Midnight Stroll, but perhaps not a winning chance in this field. Trained by Chad Brown. Chad Brown famously won this race in 2019 with Dunbar Road, who was a more talented filly than Gerrymander. She's an intriguing runner. She cost 375000 She finished second in the grade one frisette last year, but she was a mile behind the eventual winner, Echo Zulu, that day. Obviously, Echo Zulu is a very talented horse, but she was just a back number. She finished second, but look, she beat a pretty weak rest of the field in that race. I don't think you could say grade one second, bona fide grade one second. She kind of just was better than the rest and was miles away from winning. She bounced back to win the listed tempted stakes. It was a good performance. She made all. She has plenty of speed, but there's lots of speed in this race. And her last time out effort in the eight bells was pretty disappointing. She'll have to take a huge step forward to feature. Yeah, one who won't have to take a huge step forward is the five horse here. Uh, that's Juju's map, who might be a name that even the casual race goer that doesn't really pay attention to to american racing might well know because juju's map but you go back a couple of starts ago finished second in the breeders cup juvenile fillies behind echo zulu uh, was well put in her place when second that day and it was a small field so let's not get too carried away with things with um, that but it was a it was a really pleasing reintroduction uh, to racing at uh, churchill downs last time around again that was in a lesser race than this this is going to take a fair bit more winning but uh, juju's map very much is probably the classy horse in the in the race especially as north american form would uh, would go so juju's map likely the one to beat this race will go one of two ways either they'll give juju's map a bit of a freebie on the front end and me and tom will be sat at home throwing things at the tv or juju's map will take a lot of pace on the front end which i think is more likely uh, and hopefully shahama might well uh, come through to, to pick things up so that's the runner by runner analysis and also a spoiler uh, from myself tom about uh, who i like and also who you like so We'll start with uh, Shahama. We're doing all right with agreeing on American racing, uh, to be fair. We've had three straight weeks of Mo Donegal, Mason, and now hopefully Shahama, who I do really like. If she's second in the betting in this, I think she's a she's a very good bet. Yeah, she's currently nine to five on the morning line. Juju's map's even money favorite, and I anticipate that kind of being around accurate. I think Juju's map will probably go odds on four to five. Shahama maybe seven to four, and then the rest, you know, bigger prices. I think it's a match race, but as you've touched on, the whole complexion of this race depends on what happens at the start if juju's map and florin Giroux can get that easy lead she's probably not going to be caught she won the grade one alcibiades last year she's a very talented filly she's never finished out the first two and five starts and you have to respect juju's map i also don't mind the drawing gate five for speed horses if you're on the outside it's usually an advantage against other speeds because obviously you can see where your rivals are whereas if you're on the inside you could get cut across um, end up in traffic and then it could be game over at least if juju's map can't get to the front she can sit on the shoulder um, and potentially win that way she probably has the best gate speed in the race she probably has the best acceleration in the race and i imagine florent Giroux will do his best to get to the front but the likes of midnight stroll jerry mander i think they're all going to push forward venti valentine definitely from the inside will try and take the rail and, and take this race out and that could 
create a race where we're looking for the closer. And if those four line up out in front, or if they at least go for the front, this race is going to perfectly suit Shahama. I'm with you. I, I'm really confident Shahama's going to run a good race. I don't think she beat much in Maidan, I have to say. I think that crop of, of fillies was pretty poor. And she was sent off really short prices, which kind of emulates that theory. But at the same time, she was so impressive. And you can only beat what you're up against. I love the fact that Todd Pletcher pitched a straight into grade one company um, in the Kentucky Oaks on a first US start. I thought that was a sign of intent that he thinks this filly's really quite a bit of quality. And she ran well. Don't get me wrong. She was out of the back. She didn't show the natural early pace of some of the others. But she finished that race really nicely. And she broke a lot better than she did in, in Dubai. I think she's a horse to beat in here. And I know she's going to be second favourite to a, a grade one winner. But Shahama's really the horse I want to be playing. Yeah, I, I agree entirely. Uh, you're, you're right to say I don't think she beat much over in Dubai. I don't think champions... Um, three-year-old filly ever beats anything in Dubai. It's always a really weak crop. You, you normally have a eh, nice filly at, at the top. We, we had one, I can't remember what the name of it, it was a Doug O'Neill horse that was just beating everything uh, about three or four years ago. I think went over to America and, and came up short, but I think Shahama's different. I think she is a very nice individual. Uh, just look at the SPs that she went off in Dubai and that will tell you. She went off threes actually for, for debut, so you know, well done, Shahama, on being value there. Uh, but then 10 to 11, 2 to 15, 1 to 9. That's kind of where the doubts come from last time around with the Kentucky Oaks. You just didn't know what you were dealing with with Shahama. You thought she might be okay, but I think she proved to be a little bit above okay. She was 12 to 1 that day. She, as myself and Tom have both alluded to, hampered by Venti Valentine uh, on the turn for home and had to pick things up again. And in a race like that, and especially on dirt as well, it's so hard to pick things back up after you have been that hampered, especially at that point in the, the race, because dirt is not the sort of surface where you're, you're, you've got push button acceleration. You, you have to wait for a little bit, get balanced and then get going. Uh, but Shahama, I do think is, is very much a, a big player in this. As I said earlier on, Juju's map, there's two ways of this. Either she'll get a very easy lead and we'll be cursing every other rider in the race, or Juju's map will take a lot of heat. And in my opinion, she'll do very well to win on that. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting first furlong. I think if you're watching this race, please do expect Shahama to be out the back and don't be like, oh, this horse has got no chance now she's last. You, you, that's kind of how this race is going to pan out. There's no way that Shahama's going to sit first or second in this field. Juju's map. If she goes out and leads and they go 24 and change through the first quarter, 48, then you're probably going to expect her to win. She's been running um, quicker than that through the half, 47 uh, flat was last time out and she ran a good race when she won. So I think she's a horse to beat, Juju's map, but Shahama's definitely the value out of the two. Also worth mentioning, trainer of Shahama, Todd Pletcher, has won this race six times, joint record alongside legendary trainer Dwayne Lucas. This victory would take him to seven. He'd be the record setter, winner of the Mother Goose. Um, and I think Shahama's been aimed at this race. Look, you wouldn't pitch a horse straight into the Kentucky Oaks on the back of four made and runs and, and expect her to win. That's just not how Todd Pletcher thinks about his horses. I think he's going to pitch her in here, expect her to get off the mark in the US and then go on to grade one company. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Hopefully Shahama can take that step forward as, as well because she looked promising anyway uh, in the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, three others in the race, Gerrymander, Midnight, Stroll, Venti, Valentine. Are any of them booked for anything more than third? No, um, I think Jerry Mann is an intriguing runner. I think she's not as good as Dunbar Rody won this race in 2019, but she has talent. Uh, Midnight Stroll is not good enough. And I'll be surprised if Fenty Valentine can mix it with these kind of horses. I think she's better suited to New York bred competition. Um, but she's a very talented horse in her own right. And look, if she ends up getting the lead and Juju's map sits on the shoulder, maybe she'll outrun her odds. But it's very difficult just on form alone to imagine those three competing with the likes of Shahama and Juju's map. Yeah, of those that, well, of the other three, Gerrymander or Midnight Stroll, I think, will be third. It's just a case of which one doesn't get involved in the early lead. 
Um, they're not good enough to win the race, in my opinion, especially Midnight Stroll. Midnight Stroll, in my opinion, has got no chance of winning this, but could easily be third. And I think that's the best that she's uh, she's looking for. But look, we're, we're both with uh, Shahama uh, in the the Mother Goose, uh, who we're hoping two to one. I'll be all right. We'd, we'd, yeah, we'd, we'd, I'd, we'd I'd have very much with one. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to also get four US winners in a row. I have to say, uh, I've got to lean on this bandwagon until we get a loser. Yeah, yeah, we. Well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can we can hope anyway for the the mother goose. Realistically, we're probably looking at about six to four to be honest with uh, with Shahama. Uh, but as you uh, well know, uh, here on Saturday night selections, we also have a look at the UK racing uh, of a uh, Saturday evening. Um, but Tom, as the person who got the head bob last week, I'll, I'll let you go first. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I said last week I was really confident with Party Island. This week's selection isn't as confident, but I think the horse is going to run really well. And that horse is higher mate in the seven o'clock at Doncaster, trained by Roy Bowering. Now, he's not known for doing really well with these unexposed likely race types, but he is two from four in the last 14 days, 50% strike rate. So his string is in good form. And higher mate is likely to be slightly underestimated in the, in the market just based on his, um, his trainer. Obviously, Roy Bowering horses don't tend to be backed time and time again, whereas the, the favourite in this race is trained by Kevin Philippard de Foy, whose horses often are overbet. That horse does have a chance, but I prefer Hi Mate. Ran third on debut at Southall in, it was a terrible race, but at the same time, Hi Mate missed 10 lengths at the start and still finished third. It was a highly promising effort, albeit against weak opposition. Next time up, finished third at Doncaster, handled the track that day, which is a clear tick in the box, and showed great early speed, much more professionalism, broke on time, kicked clear, and only got beat by two horses. One, Lethal Nymph, who's now rated 87, and second was Risk, who's now rated 102. The form's working out well. The fourth prodigious blue has won since as well. So, look, that's a massive tick in the box of how you make. You can uh, mark him up for that effort, given it was just his second run as well. Last time out, he finished second, again left from the front, got chinned late by a horse called Hebrides. Hebrides is going to run at Chester on Saturday afternoon, off a mark of 89. He's won since as well. He's a much better horse than uh, people may, many ex may be expected for William Haggis, and he's moving up the grade. So Jaime got very close, only got beat by a neck, looks leniently treated off a mark of 76. I love this spot, and I think potentially underestimating the market. Uh, I'm jealous of Tom from last week, uh, so I'm going to just throw loads of mud at the wall and hope that something sticks. But I, there are three that I do like. Um, in the evening. So I'll rattle through them. The first one is our old friend, Bookmark, uh, who uh, managed to win for us five shows ago. Something around that, yeah, yeah. I, th I think this was the first UK winner we had on the on the podcast. And then we, we had the double on the evening as, as well as, as Tom's went in. Uh, but, and then your beer let us down. That was good. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Bookmark... Uh, was impressive enough that day. Uh, Ryder dropped his reins late on in the uh, in the piece, and things didn't exactly go uh, go perfectly. But was a massive drifter just before the off. Went out to four to one from like five to four, and you're thinking, oh goodness, me, I've got this one horribly wrong. Still managed to win. Went to Chester last time around, and the race was over after about three strides. Completely missed the break, and and that was that. It was a race that was dominated from the front as well. And just on a side note, if Bookmark runs at least well here. Rossioli runs on uh, Sunday at Windsor. I think Rossioli would go close. They were the only two to make up any sort of ground into the race at all. So another one to keep on side, but I think Bookmark will take a lot of beating in a, in a competitive race, it, it must be said. A horse I've been waiting for for such a long time is New Year's Honours, so who runs in a 7.45 at Lingfield. Has been entered, I, I reckon, about 10 times in races, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and just not managed to uh, to run in any. Uh, comes from the Emily Upjohn race at Sandown last time uh, around us. Has got a mark officially of 67 
I think that mark is so, so below uh, what New Year's Honours uh, can achieve. That race has worked out nicely from Sandown as well. And she was the the, the one horse that I took out of that contest. It's making up a, a bit of ground, but there are quite a few winners that have come from it. Generally, I must say, further back in the other uh, field, the likes of Emotion went on to run in some good races. Time Lockers has managed to do it. And there are a few others as well. I think Tequila Mockingbird has, has run <clears throat> sort of nicely since that day. So New Year's Honours, I think, is a, is a really good bet in the 7.45 at Lingfield. And then an hour later, I think Marani Carly is worth an each-way shout um, from the Martin Smith Yard. The Yard are running a bit better um, now. They, they did have sort of a quiet month or so where nothing was really uh, doing a great deal, but they had the likes of All About Alice run the other day. Uh, this lad, Marani Carly, ran a really good race as well uh, at uh, Lingfield just the other day with Liam Brown on board. Uh, but this is a, an interesting one. It's Kieran Fallon that uh, takes the, uh, the ride, which uh, no disrespect to, uh, to Liam Brown, but you're getting a much more experienced jockey and a, and a, a better jockey for, for my idea. I do think there's a lot of pace in the race. That might well help. Uh, it could just sort of hand the race to Marani Carly. I will give out a health warning. He can be a little bit of a, a, a monkey. So do watch out for, for that. But I think he's talented uh, off this sort of mark. He won at Kempton a few starts ago. So I'll take Marani Carly. Just regarding the trainer form, he's also got Shavs that runs at Newmarket this evening but friday evening um obviously at the moment the now shabs ran uh, i think shabs will run okay uh, and it's probably an each way shout but hopefully that will be another boost to the the martin smith form so apologies for going on so long but there are three that i do really like uh, bookmark in the 6 30 new year honors in the 7 45 i'm going to make tom back that one as well and marani carly in the 8 45 at uh, lingfield and uh, tom your your fancy was higher mate in the seven o'clock at doncaster did like the wave then <laughs> <laughs> it was really the, it was like a Forrest Gump sort of style wave that one. <laughs> <laughs> but we got four there and and five. I mean, you can make it a lucky thirty-one, whatever you want but, to do. I mean, last week we we suggested maybe the treble and we were that close to winning it. So maybe yeah, I get it. My one. horse lost. Yeah, I mean, it's slightly disappointing from you to be fair. You let the side down there, but this week you've got three in the UK, and I'm sure you're going to get at least one or two winners on the board. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you get you get you get one out of those three. Maybe. maybe <laughs> Maybe one all place. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, if you do want, want help putting those bets on. And of course, don't forget that new SBK customers, by depositing £10, you will get £30 in free bets. That will help for our five selections uh, this week. So deposit £10, get £30 in free bets here at SBK. That would cover almost -ish, uh, a £1 lucky 31. Or what's, it, what's 26? That's Canadian, isn't it? That is indeed, yeah. Yeah, do that one, whatever. It's, it's all good, it's all good. Uh, but uh, that uh, concludes episode eight. Happy enough with the selections? Yeah, happy enough. I'm really hopeful that this time next week we'll be coming back and celebrating Shahama winning the Mother Goose. Maybe I'm betting another pitcher on the wall. Uh, but just to keep this US run going, we're, we're in a nice spot at the moment. We're getting a few winners. So um, hopefully the readers are appreciating that. And please do like a like, a whack a like and a, a comment. Subscribe <laughs> to the service down below if you are appreciating these Saturday Night Selections pods. As my partner Tom says, lack a like uh, down below uh, for us. Uh, five stars on Apple, whatever you, you, you use to listen to this podcast, uh, please do rate us highly. It very much does help things out. But episode eight is in the books uh, for the SPK Saturday Night Selections. Thank you very much for listening. We will talk to you uh, next week. Until then, have a very good week. Stay safe. Look after another. Goodbye. Goodbye.